everyone. Um, today on Brunch with Brent, I'm joined here with Elle. Elle, how, how are you today? I'm doing good. I, I enjoyed my brunch. Very nice and full, ready to relax and have a conversation. Oh, excellent. I've done the same. For anyone who doesn't yet know Elle, which I'm not sure how you would have done that, uh, but Elle is a community architect with Jupiter Broadcasting. And I love that title because I think it can mean almost anything you want, which is great. <laughs> Um, and also co-host of Choose Linux, um, which is another great Jupiter Broadcasting podcast. Um, and I would also add to that something like, well, I know you do, you actually have many hats. You do a whole lot of things. Uh, those are the two maybe easiest for our community members to find you. But I would also add that you're almost like the, the absolute best definition of a conference nomad, would you agree or would you change that? I love that. That's my next business card. It's just conference nomad. <laughs> <laughs> and I say that because in my time knowing you, um, I've basically heard of you just jumping from from um, conference to conference, uh, making friends all over the place, all over the country, really. Well, sorry, all over the world. You were in Barcelona as well, right? That's true. I've been to Barcelona. I've been to Berlin. I was in Sydney for a while. So yeah, all over the world. <laughs> So a bit everywhere, and um, that would likely explain um, your huge Twitter family as well. Yeah, I, I love my Twitter family. Can I just be a fangirl right now and be like, hey, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, family. Hi, mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the things that jumped out for me the most about you, um, and I think a lot of others would agree, is that for you, community is like up front and center, um, and it is one of your strengths, but also one of your biggest loves. Does that feel like accurate description of how you live through the world? I, I think that's fair. You know, I do what I do because of the people that surround me. You know, I owe so much of my success to the people who were willing to fight through adversity with me, who were willing to do the long hours and sit inside of a library and explain to me how memory works and how paging works. So to me, it just seems so natural to go and give back whatever I can to others. And it's been amazing to see this tribe of people just form around that concept. And I can go on to Twitter at any point and say, hey, guys, like, I'm not having a good day right now. Like, this is not going well. Or, you know, I did this cool thing. And they are more proud of me than I could ever ask for. They're, they're a family. There's not really anything quite like that, right? Like, all of us, I, I think, have friends that we interact with face-to-face, uh, -face, you know, the, the old way. Um but I've noticed that too, is that around Linux and especially around Jupyter Broadcasting, but also around us as people, there are these online communities that form and, and there's this real value in it and this really amazing depth considering that there's a necessary like disconnection in terms of, uh, you know, physical distance. Um, and yet, you know, you're describing those people as some of the closest people that you interact with on a regular basis. And I think that's really amazing. I had a really powerful moment a while back when I was talking to a friend, you know, in real life friend, and we're sitting there and I was like, sometimes I feel like I have a lot of acquaintances, but I don't really have a lot of friends. I don't have a lot of people who I can just call up and be like, hey, let's go grab tacos because they're all so far away. And that just kind of sent me kind of like a dark tunnel, like, you know, is this all worth it? What am I doing? And I posted something similar to that. And I just kind of logged off of Twitter and was like, I'm going to focus on real life right now, you know, put that in quotations here. 
And my phone just starts blowing up with people texting me, people calling me, which nobody ever calls me. Like, my phone never rings unless it's a telemarketer. And other people trying to get uh, in contact with me through other people that know me, just being like, is she okay? Like, we will drive down there. I had offers of dinner from people offering to drive down from Dallas. I had a friend offer to pay my flight to go stay up with her if I needed that. And that just blew my mind. Like, there are people out there who I've met once or twice at a conference willing to drop everything and come down to my side if I need it. That's a friend. It's so interesting that we're forced to almost redefine friendship because some of what we've understood it to be, um, those borders are just totally changing. And and that's such an amazing thing. Um, you know, just just the the amazing quantity of people who were willing to like throw you a lifeline if you needed it, whatever that looked like. Um, that's amazing. And I feel like maybe that's a testament to how amazing you are to them as well. It's kind of a reciprocal um, relationship there. Um, but you've also had some experiences, I would imagine, um, where you don't even necessarily know these people and they've realized that you've had a massive impact on them. Can you describe that a little bit? So this one actually happened um, in person and I was at Skill and I'm walking around looking for Chris, trying to find him because he's wandered off somewhere. And there's this guy kind of just following me in my peripheral vision, but he looks really uncomfortable. So I'm kind of like, what's going on? You you start thinking the worst. I'm going to be completely honest about that. Of course. Yeah. And finally, I see this woman grab him by his hand and she starts dragging him towards me. And I'm like, okay, you know, who do I know? Like, you know, what is going on? So I run to the Red Hat booth, and, you know, where I know some of my friends there, and she comes up to me, and she's like, Elle, he just needs to tell you something really quickly. And he breaks down and starts crying and telling me how he took some of my training and how he never thought he could get a job in tech, but, like, the way that I explain containers just finally broke through to what, that missing piece in his head and how he's got a job now, and he starts telling me about his kids, and, I mean, like, just this emotional flow. So at this point, I'm crying, and people are trying to figure out what's going on, and, yeah, you know, I, I never met him before, and to have this idea that I could have a real impact on his life is just mind-blowing. That's amazing. I'd only heard like little tiny hints of this story, but the depth there is unbelievable. Um, and and I guess that must feel to you like your way of giving back because you've had very similar experiences in your early career, right? And for you to have an impact on someone like that must feel must feel really rewarding. Is, is that an accurate description? It's it's hard to process. That's what it is. I can't say it's rewarding because it's just, it almost seems like a movie I watched one time. Like, this isn't really about me. And it's funny because I can see it the other way around. You know, the way that I got interested in InfoSec was watching a talk. Well, there's lots of ways, I'm not going to say, but one of the ways was watching a talk by this guy named Chris Nickerson. It's a TED Talk. And the way he describes what a hacker is, and it's just curiosity. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I could do that. Like, it's not all about being technical. And I have been in the same room as this man twice and never been able to vocalize even the word hello. And it's so funny to everyone in the group because they keep kind of trying to make this organic thing happen so we talk to each other. And I just sit there staring at him like, hi, awkward wave. (laughs) It's so interesting, the people that we idolize, right? Because they've had such an impact on our lives. And yet, you know, they don't realize it. So I would say, you know, if anyone is feeling that way, 
we are such approachable people, most of us in this community, right? So just come say hi. If that's all you can muster, that still makes a huge difference, right? And considering you're at conferences all the time and some say you have a unique look and you're easy <laughs> to find, which is great. As Chris says, look for the hair. <laughs> right. Look for the pink hair. And so um, I would say, yeah, just come say hi. I mean, if you if you need an intro, just walk up and say, hey, Elle, I heard you have stickers. Because the answer is always yes, I have stickers. <laughs> always yes. <laughs> like, you can see me at the grocery store and I will have Choose Linux stickers on me. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That, I think there's something magical about stickers. So I've, I've only come to, because I was never in a realm that had stickers all over the place. Um, but this is definitely a Linux thing that I have grown into and started to enjoy myself is that we're all still children. And in the sense that some basic things still give us great joy and stickers is like, wait a second, most of us think, oh, those are just for, you know, when we were younger, but, um, they're so much fun and the creativity, like some of the ones cheese has designed, he's had so much fun doing that. And all of the people who are designing stickers all over the place are having so much fun with it. And so I love how, you know, giving them is super fun, receiving them is super fun, trading them. I, I'm sure some people are trading them. And so good, for, good on you for carrying them a hundred percent of the time. That's amazing. I think one of my most, well, there's so many surreal moments. I keep saying that. I can't even say it anymore. But I got off the airplane in uh, Berlin and I'm walking through and I see somebody with one of my little, it's okay to be new stickers. I have no idea who this person is. I have no idea how it made it to this side of the world. And I kind of wanted to stop and, you know, be like, hey, where did you get that? But I'm like, all right, you're going to scare people. Just keep walking. But that was really cool. <laughs> well, what's so interesting in that scenario is that you were switched to the other side of your own sticker in the sense that you, you were like, oh, wait, that's so interesting. And yet I'm too scared to approach. <laughs> so that, I find that really fascinating. I am majestically socially awkward at all times. <laughs> um, majestically. <laughs> that is um, lovely. A lovely description of social awkwardness. Um, we all have a little bit. So um, if you've got it, no problem. But tell me a little bit more about conferences, because I'm sure you haven't always uh, been this nomadic conference goer. Um, is that a recent thing or has it been a few years? Has it been an integral part of your career? Like, where does it fit in? So about two years ago, I started on the OpenStack training team at Rackspace, and they gave me the opportunity to put a talk together about how to get started with using Horizon and being a new OpenStack user. I submitted it to the Sydney um, OpenStack Summit back when it used to be, what was it? I think it was just the OpenStack Summit instead of the Open Infrastructure Summit back then. And it was my first time to kind of get flown out. They liked what I did and invited me to participate in the Grace Hopper Conference. From there, they kind of liked what I did there and invited me somewhere else. And I just kind of really enjoyed going in and teaching to a, to a big crowd where it was removing barriers. It wasn't like you already have to be technical to be in this room. It's just like, hey, let's just come hang out. I'm going to teach you some cool stuff that I did. I'm not going to pretend to be the subject matter expert. I'm just going to tell you what I know. And then when you ask a question that I don't know, somebody in this room is bound to know someone and just kind of start crowdsourcing the learning idea and the learning concepts. And it's worked out really well. I like that because there's so much to learn out there, right? And so to be an expert on one topic 
is actually unlikely because there's this really cool thing that happens when you know so many of your different skill sets from different areas of your either training or interests um, combine to make you an L, right? And so you may be up there convincing people that you're playing with some cool stuff, but there's going to be some really neat interactions with other people's um, past experiences that they can bring to that conversation. And that's, that seems like such a neat way to um, have this really dynamic um, discourse. And I'm sure for you being at the front of the room trying to guide this discussion, that must be really exciting. It's always very interesting whenever somebody, I don't want to say contradicts what you have to say, but provides it in a new light that kind of gives you that light bulb moment. For example, I was up there teaching about containers and someone brings in actually trying to use different kernels and older kernels. And I'm kind of arguing like, no, this is impossible. And they kind of just shed light, you know, it's like, hey, if you have different infrastructures and you're using different machines, you kind of can have it and you're going to run into some issues and not to go down the technical rabbit hole, but it was just a way of thinking and a use case that had never even crossed my mind. So I'm up there taking notes and going like, that's really fascinating. Can I get your email address before we leave? <laughs> like, Well, what a cool situation in that you're learning at the exact same time as everyone else is. And so it's this like collective, as you said, like breaking down barriers. Everyone is growing because of the combination of the minds in the room. And that sounds really cool. But I know there's a different side of conferences for you. There's sort of the learning aspect and what sort of everyone sees conferences being. Um, but you bring a lot of sort of uh, your personal side to conferences. I know one of the last conferences you were at, you may have impromptu planned a wedding. <laughs> um, and you also um, bring this strong energy for inclusivity, which I find really fascinating. And, and do people generally react positively to that stuff? Is it like, how did that become something that is really important for you to bring to, to the community? Eventually, I kind of started seeing a need in conferences to address the diversity issue. And it's something that's very hard to discuss because I know that that's become, you know, I guess a triggered word or a triggered subject. But the fact is that if we don't talk about things, they kind of don't ever get explored. You know, if we just keep going, well, we'll get to that or this isn't the forum. But I don't ever feel that you have to be aggressive for it. You don't have to get up on a soapbox and start yelling about inclusivity. Just go do it. Hey, you, you and you over there, let's go have ice cream together. And I saw Chris saw that at scale when we saw somebody that was being kind of they were kind of hanging in the background, not wanting to have a conversation. They'd had some comments made by other people around us about their gender identity. And that's just silly. So I was just like, hey, Chris and I are going to go down the street to get some cookies. You want to come with us? And all of a sudden, there's like 20 people going to have cookies and have a genuine conversation about what occurred over, you know, ice cream a la mode and cookies. And it, it seems like such a silly, trivial thing to somebody. But to that person, we saw them come out of their shell. We saw them join us for dinner. And right before we left, you know, we'd been trying to be respectful of their physical boundaries. And they just ran up and gave me the biggest hug. And everybody's just standing there like, don't move. You'll scare them. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so that moment just kind of made me go, you know what, I, I'm going to just put myself out there. And I started doing a lot of community talks. You know, I do a talk about mentorship where I share my story and some of the negativity that almost made me leave the tech industry. I do a talk about imposter syndrome. And you'll often see me walking around conferences with cat ears. And that's from that talk. 
There's this picture out there of all of these meerkats standing in a straight line and one actual cat in the middle just kind of trying to blend in. And I always said, if you lined up all of the tech people, kind of all the sysadmins in one line, maybe I could hide just like that one cat, but I'd be kind of easy to spot. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to embrace it. Like, I am totally here as an imposter, but I'm going to give everything that I can. And I don't know. I don't even know where I was going with that, but that's just kind of how I fell into the just trying to work with the community at conferences. People often ask me, like, what is a community architect? And I just turned around. I'm like, what do you need? And that's how I end up planning (laughs) a wedding. Like, (laughs) they needed some help and I helped. It's almost like you're just open to help people be a part of the community. And if that means going for cookies, that's what's going to happen. If that means planning a crazy wedding in Vegas, then let's do that. That sounds fun. Um, There's this real power to bringing people together that um, is a true skill. And so my grandmother had this skill. um, And that's one of the main ways that my entire family remembers her is her ability to just take a group of people and see that they would all benefit from performing this one activity together. And it almost doesn't matter what that activity is, but there's this real strength in just like making those connections and saying, Hey guys, let's all do this. It's, it's like a beautiful form of community leadership. And, and I see that in you and I think it's really awesome. So I would definitely encourage others. If you, if you like doing that kind of stuff, like I think any community can definitely benefit from that. So, um, Maybe soon you'll give a talk on on training others to to continue that. Uh, I think it's really valuable. Uh, if you don't mind, I guess I'll interject with the one piece of advice that I always give people. Because please, that'd be amazing. A lot of people reach out to me and they say, "Hey, you know, I want to go into Devrel. I want to be a community architect. I want to do what you do. Like, how do I get my company to do it?" And I honestly always turn it around in them and say, why are you waiting for your company? Like, I paid for a lot of my beginning conference travel because I believed in what I had to say. When I was doing my talk about imposter syndrome, I was doing my own CFPs. I was out there on message boards. I was mentoring. And this is not to say, oh, look, I did the special thing. This is to say every single one of you could be out there mentoring someone. Every single one of you could be out there sharing your story or... I got involved in Texas Cyber Summit because I wrote them and said, I don't know about security, but I want to volunteer so can I can get a ticket. Can I help you guys move tables? That, that was it. Like, I will help you do physical setup. And next thing I know, I'm, I'm running my own track, you know, the next year. And it, it's just about showing up and saying, I want to help. I hear this all the time is that like 50% of anything is even just showing up and raising your hand and saying, hey, I'm here. I can help. And it's amazing where that'll take you. Um, well, in a sense, that's the whole reason I'm here, um, showing up to Linux Fest Northwest and just going to say hi to some people. It's amazing the connections that you make and the opportunities that happen. Um, we heard the same thing with Drew. He just reached out to Joe and was like, hey, I've got some experience. Do you need help? Of course. We heard the same thing with Cheese, um, him just saying, hey, ICQ, kind of help with a bit of design and and all of a sudden he's doing some design work for some software and that also applies to you know all of the software in the open source community so um yeah please everyone show up somewhere where you have an interest um it doesn't have to be conferences it can be anywhere but it makes a massive difference and the cool thing i think 
that you did right there is that you were just showing up in places that you had interest, not really knowing where that might take you, but all this sort of serendipitous magic happens, right? And and that's really amazing. I know I've been in some situations that are just like, how is this even happening? It's really cool right now. And I'm, you probably feel like that often. It hurts me when I hear people say that they're too new to do something, like I'm too new to go to this event or I'm too new to teach a brown bag or... it's when you're new is the perfect time to do it because I would rather as someone that I'm mentoring or being mentored learn by what's actually occurring. What are they actually doing as server admins? What are they actually doing as developers instead of what is this one blog post or book that I read that's going to give me some theoreticals? Because many, many times the theoretical does not match up what's actually happening in practice. Yeah, that's a dangerous slope, isn't it? Like um, some of what's taught, um, especially in classic education, is typically a little outdated and not connected to what is actually happening. So I think that's really lovely advice. And we've all been beginners. I'm still a beginner in so many of the things that I'm doing. Um, but just to have an open heart and an open mind um, can get you far. Like, and connecting, like I know one of the big strengths, um, or at least philosophies for you is mentorship. Um, and are you, mentorship is an interesting thing. I, I, I've heard some people recently in our community say, oh, I'm, I would love to be mentored. I just don't know how to find one. Um, do you have any advice in, in that realm? You're going to laugh at my advice. And, uh, just to be honest, this is, Straight out of my talk. The first step to finding a mentor is stop looking for a mentor. I know. That's my advice, too. But then I feel like it's not very good advice. (laughs) You're setting yourself up for failure. Mentorship in, like, movie aspects or what we see on TV, to me, is not a realistic viewpoint. You know, um, they did a study, and I I wish I could remember the source right now, where they looked at mentorship programs that were predefined, meaning, like, I said I volunteered to be a mentor, and other people volunteered to be mentees, and then they just matched us up. And over 50% of these, um, I guess, put-togethers or whatever, these uh, couplings, is that the right word? (laughs) It could be. (laughs) Just fizzled out after the first meeting. And that's because it's forced. It's it's like a blind date, right? You might get lucky, but more than likely, it's just going to be a really awkward experience. So it's like, would you say like that that organic chemistry is missing? It's even, I don't even want to say that it's organic chemistry, but it's even knowing like what it is that you're looking for. You know, how many people go into one of these get-togethers and have a thought-out plan. They just have something like, oh, well, I'd really like to get into programming. And then they sit there and look at the mentor expectingly to, like, figure out their entire life for them. And that's too much pressure on both sides of the equation. So my belief is that if you want to learn something, go and start it. Start it by yourself. Beat your head against the wall. Do as much as you can. And when you have a specific question, like, hey, I'm trying to learn how to program in Python, and this while loop is just not working the way that I want it, go and ask someone for help. If they explain it in a way that just blows your mind, you're like, I get this, then ask them, hey, could I come back to you at another time and ask for more help? And if they explain it to you in a way that you're just sitting there with your mouth open, like, those were words, I understood every third one, then go ask 10 more people till you find (laughs) the person that you understand. Then, you know what? Once you go back to them three or four more times, that mentorship is already happening. It's just not a formal agreement. And eventually, you know, I get to a few places with some of my mentors where I say, you know what? 
this was great. I really love the way that you teach. I have this end goal of this one certification. Do you think we could work together till I get to that goal? So like two months and I set deadlines. This isn't a forever thing that's going to, you know, weigh them down or add more to them. And they already know the way that I think. They already know how much time I'm going to consume based on the fact that I've already worked with them several times. So it just works out. So they know what they're signing up for. Yeah. I didn't mean to rant there. Sorry. It's a very passionate topic. <laughs> Bring on the passion. I think that this is really helpful. Um, and and that was sort of, I, you know, I'm glad you've been thinking about this um, because I'm, I'm learning from you in how to describe that for myself, too. I've been mentored tons in the past, and it's never been formal uh, in any way. It was more just like you meet someone and you click. And I think the words that you said was like, if you understand exactly what that person said and yet they've opened new like areas of your mind in understanding the topic at hand that you never even know existed, um, that is a very good sign. And you should stay close to that person if they're willing to, you know, help you out. Um, because there's the, this compatibility as well. And maybe that's where the, um, formal mentorship fails a little bit is it doesn't test for compatibility. And I don't know how many different types of, you know, thinkers and people there are out there, but that is like the number one necessity for a proper mentee-mentor relationship. I have a few people who I have mentored through several, you know, kind of different projects. I have somebody that actually recently joined me at Linux Academy and that has become a, a more of a long-term mentorship going on. But what I teach them from the beginning, the moment they walk up to me and they say, okay, this is what I want to work on, I tell them my belief in mentorship is it's either for a reason, a season, or maybe a lifetime. So when you come to me and ask me for help, I need to know your reason. Why is it that we're working together on X? Is it because you are just looking to write this one section of code? Is it because you're looking for a new job? Is it because you're looking, let's be honest, to use some of my network and my contacts to find you know, an entrance into another company? Because it's really awkward if you're not honest from the forefront to what your end goals are. And we realize halfway through that I've been leading you down the wrong path. I see. So like context is super important. Exactly. There are a lot of times, you know, when I was learning, I keep using the programming instruction or the example, because that was one that I've been recently tackling. But people thought I was looking to leave my job and become a programmer. And they're giving me all these big, you know, projects. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm just looking to kill some time and play with this raspberry Pi. Like, <laughs> And if I was honest with them, then they know that's not a huge priority. They can say, yeah, I'll get back to you next week. Whereas if I am looking to do this job interview, then you know what? They need to make time probably within the next 48 hours. Yeah. So clear communication sounds mm -hmm. like right up there. Uh, and for yourself, too, you, you mentioned setting goals. It's like, well, if you have goals for how you need some help, um, then you can help to not tax others unnecessarily. And get the most out of those communications as well. That sounds really powerful. So Corey, who has been my lifetime mentor, because he actually did my phone interview for my very first interview at Rackspace, back when I was still, what is Linux and what is an admin? And he asked me a question about session, session persistence on my SQL. And I kind of disagreed with them. So I was like, can I get your email address? Because I want to continue this, you know, later because I need clarification. And we started going back and forth. He asked for me to be on his team. He's the one that I was talking about sitting at a library explaining to me how paging works, you know, with the whole library concept of let me get mm -hmm. a book and hand you this. And 
it's worked out because we both think very similarly and we'll go months without talking. And eventually I'll hit a problem that I don't know how to tackle and I'll jump into his DMs and say, hey, can you give me a hand on X? It doesn't mean that mentorship has occurred through all five years. It just means I know that he thinks the way that I learn and so I can go to him when I need it. And do you find that is beneficial for him as well in that other direction because you learn the way that he teaches. Um, do you see him gaining some value out of that as well? So one of my favorite stories that he ever told me was um, when he was interviewing shortly after he kind of started mentoring me and he was interviewing to move up to a higher position at a different company. And he goes, you know, they kind of start really pushing me and, you know, playing bad cop and asking me to explain these like little finite things. And he goes, I didn't even think about it. I just went into grabbing a whiteboard and drawing it out and explaining it to you the way, or explaining it to them the way that I would explain it to you. And he goes, it was really cool because I was able to break it down to explain it to someone like they're five without sounding condescending because I've already had this practice. I'm somebody that always asks, or me, L is somebody that always asks, but why or but how or why does it work that way? So when he had these guys that were interviewing him that were kind of doing it to be jerks, it, it didn't even phase him. Right. He's like, oh, no problem. Let me just draw this out for you. <laughs> Nice. We used to have this joke on our team that um, anyone who mentored me was going to move on within six months. And I was like, wait, I'm chasing everybody off. But it was because they started really questioning what they knew and being able to break it down and understand it in a level that they could teach it to others, that they kind of started getting more comfortable with doing things like leveling exams and interviews because it was work they were already doing to begin with. Oh, that's amazing. Because mentorship is often seen as like a one unidirectional um, information flow, but you're suggesting here that that's not the case at all. You're, you're equally helping them grow in ways they didn't expect in the same way that they are for you. Yeah. If I had just shown up and been like, Hey guys, I want to be a level two sys admin, make it happen. Then that's something different than going like, I want to understand how the Linux kernel hap, you know, deals with paging versus swapping. That's something that they have to come to terms with their own understanding before they can pass it on to me. And that's something that is going to be really relevant to their day-to-day -day job as well. Everybody wins, right? Um, imagine being able to explain it to me and then having a customer ask you the same question. I mean, you just look so intelligent. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, let me tell you all about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got this. I've done it before. No problem. Well, that's kind of cool. I had never really wrapped my head around that. But um, yeah, so that must be encouraging as mentors as well. I was like, wait a second, I can I can really learn a lot through this process too. That's cool. So I had the opportunity to go to DockerCon in California, and one of my mentors lives there, and that was Corey. And another one of my mentors from back in the day when I first started, Aaron, was there working a booth for his company. So we went to one of the after parties, and I was talking to a CEO of a different company trying to explain and borderline justify what my position is because he was kind of like, community architect, what is that, marketing? Like, it, it was said in a way that just kind of made me a little defensive. And you see both of them just kind of stand up behind me. And I was like, no, no, I got this. And I start talking to the guy. And out of the corner of my eye, dude, I see them and they have the biggest smiles on their faces. <laughs> really? And to me, it was, that was it. Like, do whatever. It doesn't matter what else happens in my career. Like at that point, I had made it because here were these two people who, in my eyes, as a little junior sysadmin, were gods in their trait, just looking at me like ever so proud of me. 
I don't know. That's what I imagine, like, I guess sports people feel like when their mom and dad are, you know, right after they've gotten signed, they're just standing there proudly. I'm like, all right, I've made it. Like, I have managed to turn around and make these two people proud of me. Um, It was, that will forever be one of my most joyful moments. Wow. That's your family standing behind you and saying, go, Al, you got this. We're we're right behind you. How powerful is that? You can take over the world. (laughs) (laughs) You can. One conference chat at a time maybe (laughs) one sticker at a time (laughs) there you go it all makes a difference right um and either you're winning people over or you're you're um bringing them on your side so i think that's (laughs) that's a great story i really love that so one thing i think is really that i picked up about you as well is your like desire to face discomfort during learning which i think learning is a topic that's come up a lot in our conversations uh, here on brunch with brent but um but for you learning is like you put on your like battle gear and you're like all right i'm ready to go um it, has that always been the case or is that only for sort of your more tech learning stuff or is that like how do you approach learning in a way that makes it not as scary maybe I think it comes from being um the baby of a really big family you know, I have over 100 immediate cousins, and there are some behind me, but they were born a long time after me. Okay. So I was never expected to be perfect. Like, I have, you know, 10 of my male cousins who all do bull riding and, you know, have done horse racing, trying to teach me how to ride a horse. And if I fell off, whatever, just get back on. Like, ha we laugh, we move on. Um, the same thing when I learned how to shoot a gun or when I learned, you know, I was learning English for the first time. I still stop and say, you know, Drew, Joe, Brent, like, what, what's the English word I'm looking here? <laughs> you know, like, I don't know how to English. I need help. Um, <laughs> I, I learned not to take myself too seriously because what's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to laugh. Well, you know what? If I go to a conference and I mess up and people laugh, it's all right. My cousins have probably already done worse to me. Like, I'm fine. <laughs> okay. So you've been initiated already. <laughs> After a while, it, you know, you grow a thick skin but it's not to say that it doesn't hurt, but a lot of times you learn that the people who are laughing aren't laughing at you. They're just laughing because it's a funny situation and they've probably been in it and they remember what it's like. So I always try not to think the worst. I try not to think, oh, they're all laughing at me. I'm just trying to think, all right, that was funny. I got to laugh too. Like, <laughs> Well, and the cool thing about learning is that like we all take our own trajectory through it, right? And so if you've learned one thing before, you were supposed to learn something else. Oops, <laughs> I did it backwards, but then you eventually like stumble and get your way there and, and connect the dots. So I think that likely is, you know, we've all been in situations where it's like, you should know this by now, but you really don't. Oh God. Talk about triggering. I hate that phrase that you should know this by now. No, 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 no. (laughs) Okay. Correct me. Please give it to me. No, no, no. It's just like, you know, you should know this by now. Why? Well, that's how I see it too. But why? Like It's like th- there is no set path through learning or anything really, right? And because there is no set path, there is no A, B, C, D. Cool. I went from A to G and eventually it'll come back to you know B when it's relevant to me. So I never believe that there's anything that I should know by now. Like I will learn and I will forget 90% of what I learned and have to relearn it. And that's okay. Yeah. And you'll come across it when you need to for you, right? Um, we all make different connections in our minds and we all have this different way of navigating the world. Um, I think often in tech, um, we're tempted to simplify or at least make these like trajectories through anything we're trying to understand. Um, and yet 
we have to remind ourselves that we're actually still human or most of us are still human. Right. Um, and so I love that philosophy is like, I'm going to get to it when I get to it. And if I stumble over it, that's cool. Bring it on. Important part is surrounding ourselves with people who can think the same way. I have been insanely blessed that, you know, Chris as my manager here and Anthony as the CEO of the company that I'm working at never expect perfection. They just expect me to try. And if I made an honest effort and I can say, you know what, A, B and C worked. Oh, man, D went bad. And let me tell you why it went bad then they're like, okay, where are you going to grow from this? What is the next step? And as long as I'm not like, well, I quit. These are my next steps. They're fine with it. They're okay with failure as long as I'm growing from it. And do you find yourself treating yourself in the same way? Oh, I'm horrible. I am my own worst critic. I need to sit through my own talks so many times. <laughs> right. Yeah, some of them are recorded if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> um, because as much as I say that, you know, you have to grow thick skin, Sometimes it does hurt whenever, you know, you go and you put months of work into a talk. Like you are just so prepared and you've done so much and you're so ready to teach. And you go up there and you perform for an hour because that really is what it is. It's a performance. And you get to the end of it and somebody makes a comment about your appearance, about your gender, about the one, you know, they, they go to the nitty gritty of the one thing you didn't think of and they just hone in on it and you just get to the point you're like why do i bother what's the point and so yeah i could give great advice to someone else doing it but actually living that own advice is difficult at times mm -hmm. i think often when we give advice um it's also saying look i know this is the way or at least the best way i've seen that i can put together and i'm still working on this but if you work on it with me then maybe we can get somewhere together right um, and I don't think that ex usually gets said, but it feels like what we sort of mean is like, well, this is what I'm working on. And I know that's the path, or at least what I think is the path. And I'm trying and I would love for you to try to, because I think you, you need that path as much as I do, but you know, I'm not perfect. So I'm, I'm trying to go down that path. Maybe we're on different parts of the path, but, um, join me. I think one of the moments that just gave me pause recently was, you know, somebody did a Twitter follow Friday and they're like, women in InfoSec. And I was the first one to kind of be like, hey, I I'm not an InfoSec. I'm just a fan. And they just came back and they were like, don't you ever. Like, you, you showed up, you helped, you teach, you learn. Did you lock your doors today? Cool. You know what? You're in security. Let's move on. Like, you are taking away from people growing by having a pity party and telling people what you're not. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you don't need those voices in your head. And I was like, oh, it was just a little comment. And they're like, no, but it's the little seed that you just planted that the next time you're going to keep saying you're not a part of this. And I was like, okay, you guys are right. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> I heard this recently as well, is that sometimes other people see us in a higher light than we see ourselves at that particular moment. Um, and we can borrow strength and mentors have an effect here is like they they can be your confidence for a moment while you're feeling a little lower and they'll pick you up a little bit when you need it um but it's that i think it's that community of people around you the family as you said like even on twitter and everywhere that's like wait 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 we know you're better than this we feel you're better than this you, our opinion of you is is way higher than you'd put in yourself right now so don't be unfair to yourself right there was a time when I was in admin that I was working on resizing a uh, MySQL database cluster for a customer. And 
I, I was so scared of every command because, I mean, this is a production environment. Yes, I know there's backups, but the last thing you want is to be the reason that a bank goes down because you are the reason people can't get their money. And so I've got a higher level tech sitting with me and we're working on it. And I mean, I'm just beating myself up. I'm berating myself. I'm a, And he finally just looks at me. He goes, I'm standing right here. So by continuously being hesitant, you're telling me that you don't believe that I'm going to step in and that you believe that I'm going to let you make a mistake. I love that difference in seeing that situation because I I imagine you didn't see it that way. No, like I just, I felt so bad. I'm like, oh, you're having to stand here and help me. You're having to hold my hand. And he's just like, if I don't teach you, then I'm going to have to stand here every single time. So take this opportunity, learn, and next time you can do this on your own and you can quit this. And I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. I, I, and it was just a change of mind. I'm like, all right, he's not obviously going to let me click enter on a command that's going to fry this database. Like, what was I thinking? It's like the little angel in your shoulder or on your shoulder trying to guide you. I, mean, I guess in that moment, I saw him as a little demon, but sure, a little angel. That <laughs> Well, and maybe that's the difference, right? Is like the different way that you see it changes how you understand the situation. And and so you may have seen it like, oh, I feel so bad for taking up his time or or needing him to be there uh, anyways. But but he saw it completely differently. So sometimes, as you were saying earlier, like sometimes having that dialogue just changes the situation completely. And now you know what his motivation is and he knows what you need and everybody wins, right? Bring on the winning. For like I, I see this similar topics continuing to come up, which is one of them is community. Um, I don't think you probably could live without it. And I know I can't. Um, mentorship, which is really just a style of, or or a special kind of connection in community. Um, and I think learning is a huge topic for you as well. I don't, do you ever see yourself not learning something? Like I know you're doing some lock picking stuff these days and, yeah, I am a jack of all trades and master of none, but I'm okay with that. Like, I am not in a position where I am required to be a master of anything. So why put that stress on myself? Um, I always tell people, if you're not learning, you're stagnant and no one wants to be stagnant. Come on. Would you say that you get like crazy amounts of joy out of the activity of learning? Oh, it is one of the most frustrating and angering things on the planet. I hate every minute of it <laughs> till I figure it out. And then, I mean, that high is just amazing. <laughs> so it's like the giant prize at the end of the road. Is that it? Yeah. And it's funny because you think that would make me afraid of failure. But you know what? Like, I know 115 different ways to break a database now. So I know not to do those. I learned something. <laughs> That is awesome. So you can teach others, like, definitely what not to do, right? I mean, and you know what? What's really funny, and I swear to you, I, oh, my God, I'm just thinking about this. And I was like, you know, if I know all those ways to break a system, I could be a pretty good hacker if I was just out there for distraction. So maybe that learning can apply somewhere else. And so maybe that's where some of this, like, infosec interest is coming. Is like, wait a second, I've been there by just tripping up, and uh, maybe I can do something useful with it. (laughs) That's awesome. So no failure is ever a complete failure. You just know know what that lesson is for yet. There you go. There's your words of wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> that could be easily a quote. That's great. Um, I feel like failure is such a, like a, a t- maybe like a dangerous word uh, in the sense that some of us approach it like very carefully. Um, I know I read repeatedly from so many different sources that failure is the way forward. Um, 
but I'm still like in some um, areas of my life just terrified by it. Um, I think there's some perfectionism that's built into us um, from a young age and many times. Um, and so is, is that like leaning into failure a relatively new thing for you? I think it just depends on, I hate to say it this way, but it really is. It's, it's what is your English? Like, what does failure mean to you? To some people, failure means like, I just can't do this and I walk away. And at that point is when I failed. To other people, failure is just a midpoint. Like, that's what it is to me. Failed is this did not result in the end expectation that I thought. So I'm pivoting to trying something else. Um so it just kind of depends on where we're going with that conversation. And I think a lot of times when people start arguing about the benefit of failure is they're just arguing the meaning of the word. Mm-hmm. So, you know, did you try something? Yes. Did it, you know, did the end result fit into what you thought it was going to be like? Nope. What's your next step? And, and that is where the, you know, I guess the pregnant bubble is. Yeah. Instead of failure, that's really just iteration which so many businesses work on iteration very successfully, right? And so we almost need to iterate to, to grow our minds. And so maybe, yeah, maybe you're right. The definition of failure for each of us is, is where the danger is, and you need to sort of relax that. We saw that with the study groups that I was doing for Jupiter Broadcasting. We started out doing them on air, and we were doing like single topics, an hour long, and we started realizing, you know what, not a lot of people have the benefit of an hour long to sit and do the study group with. So then we started breaking it down like, hey, let's do five-minute bubbles. And then we realized that's really leaving a lot of people out. Maybe this live version of this isn't the right thing to do. So we moved over to Twitch, where people already had this kind of video learning concept going. People can already set time. Twitch automatically records to it. So you stalled the study group kind of evolved. Does that mean that every single time I pivoted, I failed at what I was doing? And the fact that, you know what, this might be the last study group because I need some time to go and learn some stuff before I can teach people. Does that mean that I've failed or does it just mean that, you know, the journey is changing along the way? Yeah. You know, it's a trap to think that there's like, that it's binary, that it's yes, you succeeded or no, you did not succeed. Um, And that's our effort to simplify again, but that's not true at all. It's like, we're just playing in this area and iterating and seeing what flows best for the end result. And actually that end result may change, right? Um, and we need to, I don't know, somehow be okay with that. Um, I, I guess I speak for myself as like, uh, there's a difference between knowing that logically and then also feeling it emotionally. Those are two, like bridging those two is not always the easiest thing, is it? No. And, and like I said, I'm great to sit here and give you all advice. And I hope that you realize that I struggle with my own advice as much as I'm sure that some of you would struggle to take it. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, all I can do is my best. And that's all you can do. And that really is all that's expected of you. You know what? Take care of you. Take care of your family. And the job comes second and you do as best as you can. Mm-hmm. That's where um, families, uh, Twitter or otherwise, um, can really help, you know, it's like, Hey, I'm struggling with this thing right now. Distract me or give me some, a boost or give me something that I need. And, um, I'm sure that has happened quite a bit for you. I know the Jupiter broadcasting community for me has taken me to places that I never thought I could take myself. And that's been such a gift, uh, really 
And so I would say for anyone who isn't interacting regularly with their community, like get in there. Um, there's only benefits, only positive um, benefits that will come from that. Um, where would you say are you the most active in terms of community? Like if people want to bounce some ideas off of you or you can um, connect them with someone else? I would say two different places. One is definitely Twitter. Um, I probably check Twitter three to four times a day. Um, I have lots of conversations there. I would say that if you want to reach out, I would do so publicly as I only check my DMs maybe once a week. Um, but I'm also extremely active on the Linux Academy Slack. And that's a great way to catch me because I'm there all day, every day during the work. I I don't know about the Linux Academy Slack. Can you give us a, a bit of an idea of what um, happens there and what it's trying to do? So Linux Academy is definitely a place or a platform that tries to be as inclusive as it can, you know, not just to, let's say, paying members of the site, but to anybody and everybody that's just interested in education. So one of the things that they let me do is every single month I set X amount of courses for free. So anybody doesn't cost anything, can just log on and start going through the learning. Well, learning is great through videos, but actually talking to somebody, being able to ask questions, being able to say, okay, so I learned X, but Y and Z doesn't really fit into what's going on in my company um, is a great resource. So they started the Slack where you can go in and you can go, let's say you're learning AWS like I am. You go to the AWS channel and you're like, I don't understand what the difference is between availability zones, availability zones and points of interest. Can someone help me out? And you've got thousands of people in there who may work for AWS, who may work for Linux Academy, who may just be fans ready to answer questions and have conversations. They have like a student union channel, which I'm always just generally in, just talking about random things that are going on in open source news or, you know, hey, I'm working on this talk. What do you all think about this? So it, it's a fun little community. It sounds amazing, actually. I, I feel mildly embarrassed to have not um, been a part of it earlier, but uh, that that is proving exactly what we were talking about earlier, which is like we all, there's no path, right? You all come to these things at different times. And so um, I think I'm definitely going to check that out. It sounds amazing. And so um, stickers, uh, where's the next place that um, people can maybe uh, connect with you and get some stickers? So I will be at Texas Cyber Summit leading the It's Okay to Be New track, or I believe that they've now coined it the Be New track. And it's a series of hands-on workshops that kind of teach you how to get your start, try to teach you not just how to do something, but how to think through that concept. And I'm lucky enough that Cheese will be there. So, you know, we're going to have some great swag. Wes is going to be there and Chris is going to be there. So many amazing people from the crew. Uh, so lots of stickers flowing around. Um, and so um, I guess that's the best place for them to go say hi. Definitely. I admit that I will I will be a little jealous. Um, I'm not going to be there, but I know lots of people are going to be there. So um, go and enjoy it. Ooh, one last plug, actually, is I'd like to invite anybody listening to my birthday party. Oh, my God. That's awesome. We're having a hacker family dinner, and it is on October 9th at Two Brothers Barbecue, and I'm sure we can probably link the meetup in uh, the show notes. And everybody, I mean, Chris is going to be there, Cheese is going to be there, the Blind Hacker is going to be there. We're just going to have all kinds of people from the community out just to celebrate being a family and having a good family birthday party. 
That sounds amazing. Uh, I hope anyone who's listening, uh, if they can make it um, to your backyard, that they show up and make the best of it. That sounds amazing. Al, thanks so much for joining me. This is super fun. We should do this again. Yay, I had great time and I love the food. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Meow. Meow, meow. <laughs>